Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. Amen. While you're still standing, go with me if you would, John chapter 6. to direct your attention to John 6. Let's let's begin reading 47. These are the words of Jesus. And Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. And if any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever and the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. And I just want to um, talk to us for the next little bit from that title, The Bread of Life. The Bread of Life. God bless you this morning. You may be seated. Many of you are familiar with... uh, characters in the Bible. And when I say um, characters, I'm not intending to mean some sort of fantasy or fictitious individuals. We believe in the inerrant word of God. And um, Simon Peter is an individual uh, that stands out among the many prominent Bible characters. Many sermons you have heard on uh, this man named Peter. Many even resonate with this disciple. Um, And in uh, John chapter 1, I know our text is in John 6, but in John chapter 21, uh, we get get included in on this conversation that Jesus is having with Peter, who was, of course, quite conflicted in his relationship with Jesus. Jesus. And Peter, if you know your Bible, had moments uh, of urgent, passionate loyalty to the Lord. And then, of course, we know that when the going got tough, many times Peter faltered. And sometimes that's how we are with Jesus. We, we have a lot of good intentions, but but when it comes time to application and execution, we many times, if we're being honest, fall short. And this is, this is where Peter was, and yet it was a very beautiful thing. You know the Bible talks about Peter and how he denied Jesus three times. And uh, Jesus, he knew that Peter was going to deny him three times. Jesus told him, 
you're going to deny me three times. And when we look at these denials of Peter concerning the Lord, uh, they were not just merely, you know, hey, no, you've, you, you've got the wrong guy. Uh, th- that wasn't the only kind of denial. But his denial was everything from, no, I, 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 I'm not who you think I am. You're confusing me with somebody else. All the way out to, I don't follow that man. I'm making my decision today. I don't follow that man. So this denial was, it was a deep denial, and it was, it was hurtful to the Lord, but it was damaging to Peter because Peter had so betrayed his Savior, and, and, and many of us find ourselves in that predicament where we just can't believe that we did what we never dreamed we would do. It it was never in our mind. It never entered into the equation, entered into our thoughts, because we love the Lord. We we serve the Lord, but our flesh is, is weak. And the Bible points that out time and time again. Uh, the law of God, which is perfect, Romans 8 would tell us, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. The law was weak through the flesh. But Peter comes from this denial of Jesus, and the Bible says that he left and he wept bitterly because he had so betrayed and forsaken the Lord And he just didn't know that he could live with himself. There he was waking up. He's a failure in his mind, a failure as a follower of Christ. And I love the fact that when Jesus proceeds with being crucified and is buried and raises three days later, I love that one of the first things out of his mouth is, where is Peter? Somebody go and get Peter. Can I tell you, that's your Lord today. That's how he is. He's not saying, hey, where's Peter? Wait till I get my hands on him. He's saying, hey, go tell him that this relationship that he thinks is forever destroyed, tell him that it's about to be reconciled and it's about to be reconciled right now. And I want somebody here today that thinks that you may have taken it a step too far or you feel like you are in a position of weeping bitterly and maybe gone beyond the threshold where the Lord cannot reach you. You hear the word of the Lord today, my friend. That's not the God that we serve today. God has come and he is reaching down and you can call upon him today and he will hear your cry. Others may have stopped loving you, but he hasn't stopped loving you. Others might have forgotten you, but he has not forgotten you. And so Peter, he has this conversation with Jesus. And, and Jesus, he says, he says, Peter, I want to I ask you a question. Do you love me? And, and, and Peter said, Lord, you know that I love you. You know, and the Lord said, all right, I'm going to give you, I'm, I'm going to give you a way to confirm that love. This is what he said. Feed my lambs. 
feed my lambs. John 21 and 16, he saith to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He said, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said, feed my sheep. And again, he said a third time, do you love me? And the Bible lets us know that Peter's starting to get a little grieved. He's starting to get concerned with the questions uh, because in his mind, he's not been able to convince the Lord uh, with his response. And he says, of course, I love you. After asking, do you love me the third time? Of course, I love you. And Jesus responded, feed my sheep. God was trying to let Peter know what was important to him. It is important to him that his people be fed. It is important to God that the people of God be fed. When he created us, when he created our bodies, he created our bodies to need Food. You can't go too long without your body telling you, hey, hey, pay attention over here. We, we're, we're a little hungry. We need some food. I mean, some of you have already looked at your watch this morning, wonder what time we're going to get out today and where are we going to go eat afterwards? We got plans. We've got something maybe in the crock pot. That's because our body was designed to need food. God put that. God put in your body the mechanism that requires food in, 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 in order for the food to metabolize and create energy upon which our bodies can function and operate. Okay? We're about to go all out this week on this matter. Lord, I need this. Come on, somebody. But Lord, I, I need this. And you sat down at the table and the, the pumpkin pie and the pecan pie and the, the stuffing and the turkey and the, the green bean casserole, just whatever that is. You know, just, you know, we were about to sit down and say, Lord, I need this. God placed it inside of us for our bodies to have a need for food, because food represents something in the spirit. And it is God's desire to feed his people. When you look throughout the scriptures, many times the food supply ceased whenever there was a curse on the land or on the people. There would be a shortage of food supply because the blessing of the Lord is wrapped up in the bounty of God. There is a blessing that is found in the abundance of food that comes from the earth. That is the plan of God. God, you know your Bible, God sent Joseph before the children of Israel into Egypt and said, he said, hey, I'm going to prepare you. I'm going to prepare you here for suffering, and I'm going to teach you how to interpret dreams, and I'm going to help you understand the ways of God and understand the ways of agriculture so that when the time comes, when the famine will strike the earth, you will have established already a system whereby all of Israel can come and be fed and the whole world will be able to find sustenance. God sent a man ahead of schedule so that he could provide what? Food for the people of God. One time Jesus was teaching the multitudes and while he was teaching, his teaching went on for three days. 
you think 40 minutes is rough. Some of you at that 35-minute mark, you're going to be called for the music come? Sometimes that's just a tease, right? The music comes. That don't mean it's 10 more minutes. So after he's teaching and it goes on for three days, and after three days, he looked around and he said, he's like, hey, do we have any food? Do we have any food? They said, we don't, we don't have much of anything. We, we, you know, and he's like, well, go find some food. We need some food somewhere. Go find some food. They said, hey, there's a little boy over here, and this little boy has a sack lunch, and there's a Lunchable inside. And he's like, I can use that. That's exactly what that, bring it to me. Bring it. So you know the story, Jesus took the loaves and the fish and he blessed them and he broke them and he, he put them in the hands of the disciples and the food began to multiply in the hands of the disciples. It is God's desire to feed his people. It is his desire to make sure that you have what you need. That's why the Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Okay, David remind us in Psalms 37, hey, I've been young and I'm now old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. It's God's desire to feed his people. Jesus said, he said, if your child were to ask you for a fish, would you give them a serpent? And if they asked for bread, would you give them a stone? If you then being evil know how to good, give good gifts to your children, how much more? How much more? And I don't know the totality to the answer to that question. All I know is what I've experienced is that it, it is more. I don't know how much more because it is exceeding the riches that I know. Anybody blessed this morning by the goodness and the mercy and the grace of God? Come on. It is what Paul said, exceeding abundantly. It is immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. How much more does your Father in heaven want to give gifts to his children? It is his desire to feed his people. And it's important for you and I to understand this morning that our blessings do not come from ourselves. Our blessings do not come from our own efforts. Now, God blesses our efforts, all right? And if we will put forth our effort, God will bless that work of faith. But never misunderstand, it is God who gives, it is God who blesses. The increase always comes from God. Anybody got the Holy Ghost in here this morning? That was given to you by God. Anybody got a home that they came from and that they'll return to later today? That home was given to you by God. Anybody got a job or a stream of income coming in that came down from the Father of Lights who knows how to give good gifts and feed his people? Amen. Don't, don't, don't fall into the trap of, hey, look what I did. Look, look, look what I look what I've accomplished. Look what I was able to do and what I was able to achieve. Don't fall into that trap. Give thanks to the Lord who causes the windows of heaven to open over your life and my life and bless us. Our text this morning 
Jesus took the people, he took them all the way back to the Old Testament account of when the children of Israel were wandering in the wilderness. And maybe there are some here this morning that's wandering in the wilderness. Now, the wilderness is a difficult place to be. Um, The wilderness represents a place where there is no order. There is no, there's no system. There's no schedule. You are, you are prone to the raw elements of the world, okay? And, and, and we're not used to that. You know, we're used to here where, you know, the excitement that we have is somebody honks the horn behind us the second that the light turns green, right? You need to go, oh, okay, but out in the wilderness is completely different. There's no system. We're prone to the wild. The wild is a different place to be. Out in the wild, things are crazy. Okay? I'm not a a big, uh, I I like to be outdoors. I like, I grew up hunting and all that stuff, you know. Uh, I I, I grew up and, and, uh, but to this day, I like to go and hike, but, you know, camping, uh, it's, I don't get it. I just don't. Maybe I was scarred as a young person on a youth trip one time and uh, waking up in a tent that was full of water and ended up going to sleep in my youth pastor's truck. So, I mean, maybe I was scarred. I can remember a couple other times of uh, camping and uh, the, the first time I, I had a notebook and I was thinking, I'll bring this notebook and start a fire. Uh, I, I didn't really, I'm not a Boy Scout. <clears throat> I'm not a Boy Scout, okay? So I lit the whole notebook on fire, put it in there. The whole thing burned up in two seconds, right? I didn't know maybe little by little, you know, twist up the paper, try to get it to go. I just burnt the whole thing up, and, and dark came, I walked home. So uh, <coughs> not a big camper. The other time I was like, I was brave enough to make it to the woods, and I was out in the woods, and, and, and everything was fine until... Something was howling out there and literally felt like it was right outside the tent. So uh, I remember moving the tent right next to the fire, risking just burning up in the middle of the night because the screams were just, yeah. So uh, not a big camper, um, but, but, you know, in, in the wild, you, you don't know what you're going to face, Okay. You don't know what you're going to be up against. There's nothing you can really plan on. And some of us, some of us have, have wandered spiritually into spiritual wilderness. And, and, and things have maybe gotten out of control. And there might be some that maybe we've stepped out uh, of the blessings of God and out of the favor of God and out of the anointing of God. And we've stepped out and we've found ourselves and, and we've walked away from o- obeying the Lord. And now we're out in the wilderness. And things have gotten scary. Things have gotten difficult, and maybe you walked in here this morning, didn't know that you would even be able to make it another day. Why? Because of the wilderness. That's where Israel was. Israel, the Bible says they wandered in the wilderness. See, the, in the wilderness, that's a place where you wander. 
Okay, when, you, when, when you're in the wilderness, you're wandering. When you're passing through the wilderness, you don't wander. You're a traveler. You have a path. You have a destination. You know where you're going. You're going to the land of promise. But when you're in the wilderness, that's where you've set up shop, and that's where you live. And the Bible lets us know that we will wander. Aimlessly wander. No direction, no end in sight. Hoping for the best. Struggling to obey God struggling to let our lives line up with his word and obey his word. We, we still love to praise God. We love to sing and we love to clap and we love to praise him. But it's our obedience that we find so difficult. And we end up wandering in the wilderness. Hey, there is a way that seems right unto a man. There is a path. There, there is a way. And it seems right. It feels right. But the ends thereof is the, it's the way of death and it's the way of destruction. Hey, don't follow the path of your heart, friend. Don't follow the path that your heart has set before you. And I know this world will, will stand ready to give us advice on how to live our lives. You better believe they will. They have books about it. They have online seminars about it. And the advice from the world goes something like this. Hey, do what's best for you. Do what's best for you. At the end of the day, do what's best for you. Do what feels good to you. Here's a good one. Follow your heart. I'd like to counter that advice to say, and don't, and say this, don't follow your heart unless your heart is right with God. Don't follow your heart. The scripture says that our heart is deceitful above all things and is desperate wicked and following your heart or your feelings has gotten you into the position that you're in this morning in the wilderness that's where Israel was that's where a lot of people are this morning but I pray in the name of Jesus that today you'll turn your eyes upon him I pray that this word gets a hold of you. I pray that the Spirit of the Lord gets a hold of you today and helps wake you up to the reality that God has a plan for your life, that God still has purpose for you. God still has a destination. He's not forgotten you for one second, but he's got plans for you. And you will find, you will find that obeying the Lord brings great comfort to your soul. Can I get a witness in the room? You will find that obeying the Lord brings great comfort to your soul. Would the psalmist say, great peace have they which love thy law. And nothing shall offend them. Nothing shall make them stumble. Do you love the law of God? Not, not do you post it on your Facebook and share a scripture. Do you love the law of God? Do you love the law of God? Not, not do we share a verse and, and have, a, have a verse. That's nice and good, but do you love it? Do you love the law of God? Have you fallen in love with, I will have no other gods before him? Have you fallen in love with not bearing false witness against your neighbor? Have you fallen in love with not coveting what your neighbor has? If you will love the law of God, you will have peace in your life peace. If you want peace, take joy in obeying him. It may not feel good, okay? 
It may not feel good to our flesh. Why? Because our flesh is working against us. Love the law of the Lord. In this wilderness, the children of Israel, they were, they were hungry, right? We want some food. We want a good breakfast. We, we, we want something. And in the wilderness, they got nothing. And they looked at Moses and Aaron and they said, hey, you've brought us out here to die, didn't you? You brought us out here to die. We're not making it out of this. You know what we had back in Egypt. We had good food, and we could eat till we were full. Some of you are looking forward to that this Thursday. There's no shortage of food back in Israel. But you, Moses and Aaron, brought us out here to the wilderness, and out here, everything that we thought we enjoyed, we don't have access to it anymore. And I'm going to tell us something this morning. They might have enjoyed the food that was in Egypt, but they were in bondage. And some of us are willing to receive bondage in order to enjoy the things that we enjoy. God is trying to pull us out of that bondage, though. God is trying to deliver us from the hand of the enemy, pull you out of the stranglehold that the devil has upon your life. God's trying to pull you away from that, and that means coming away from some things, coming away from the lust of our flesh. That also means coming away from the stuff that you kind of like, and he's trying to pull you away from it because over there you're feasting, but in the meantime, there's a taskmaster hovering over you. Little by little, there is a bondage that the enemy has wrapped you. He's wrapped up your mind and and you're indulging in the lust of your flesh and the lust of your eyes and the pride of life. And while you're doing that, you are slowly being wrapped in bondage. Nobody ever sets sail out for that direction. Nobody ever says, that's what I want to be, is a slave to this thing. See, God's trying to deliver you from that. God's trying to deliver you from that carnality. That word carnality, that the, the root word is carn. It's where we get the word carnivore. Okay? It has to do with our flesh. There's a, there's a spiritual and there's a natural. And so when there is an, an indulgence in fleshly things, a carnal mind begins to develop. You want what feels good. You, 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 my heart wants this. This feels right. This feels good. You want what appetizes you. You, you want what your taste buds want. And all of a sudden, your taste buds and your appetites are leading your life. They're making decisions for you. The appetites, both the spiritual appetites, the emotional appetites, and, 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 and the things that we've learned to lean on and the habits that we've formed. All of these things are a part of your fleshly appetite. And we like those things. And, and, and our flesh likes those things. And we don't know life without those things. And all of a sudden, we fall into that trap. And all of a sudden, we are afraid of what life is without those things in our life. We become dependent upon those things. Those things prop us up. Those things lead our life. But God's trying to pull you out of that bondage, friend, the bondage of Egypt. And a lot of times, we get frustrated by it. The people got frustrated. Back in Egypt, we used to be able to do this. We used to be able to have this. We used to be able to eat this and have this. Back in Egypt, I used to go and do this and do that. 
And all of a sudden we think we're missing out on something. God's keeping me from something. There's more to life than this. And, and, but God is trying to deliver you, friend, from the bondage and bring us into the land of promise. Hey, don't listen to the devil when he puts an advertisement in front of you telling you to do this, that life would be better. You'd be cool if you did this. Your life would be set for the, if you did this and, and, and that. Don't listen to them. You'll be, you, you know, there's a hook on that thing. There's a snare on that thing. How many know the devil only shows you one side of the coin? He only shows you, he won't show you the family that got destroyed. He won't show you all the tears that, and all the pain and all of the heartache. He won't advertise those sort of things. He doesn't advertise destruction. He doesn't advertise chaos and anxiety and fear. He just shows you one side of the coin. And God is saying, come out. Come out from among them. Be ye separate. Come out from the crowd. You're not missing out on anything. You have everything that you need. God, but I'm hungry. But I'm hungry. I'm hungry from what I used to have, God said. And God heard the people. And God said, you know what, Moses, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to cause bread to rain from heaven. I'm not going to give them bread from the ground. I'm going to give them bread from heaven. I want you to know this morning that God will send you just what you need and when you need it, and it will come from his presence. You're not going to find it in a relationship. You're not going to find it in a bottle somewhere. You're not going to find it in the lust of this flesh and in the pride of this world. It's going to come from what we sang about this morning. It's going to come from heaven. It's going to come from his presence. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. See, the pleasures of this world they're false pleasures. They're false. It's absolutely right because they last for a season. Just a season. Just a little bit of time here today, gone tomorrow. And hey, when they're done, they're done. It's like being on a train and looking out the window and seeing everything pass by. It's kind of what our life is. And once we pass by that, we're not going back. The train just keeps going this way. And those seasons in our life, when they're done, they're done. The pleasures of this world are false pleasures. And yet here we are, we're down and we're broken and we feel confused. And maybe you even reach the point sometimes where you hate yourself and you hate everybody else because you believed a lie. You believed the lies of the devil and you bought into the pleasures of this world. You know, some might hear teaching and preaching like this say, oh, great, Bryce, you know, we don't get, now we don't get pleasures. No, 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 no. I'd say you're wrong about that. Do you know this morning that Eden, Eden means pleasure. The Garden of Eden was a garden of pleasure. God actually created a place 
called pleasure and put a man and a woman in that place. But how many know God doesn't give you cheap pleasure? God isn't selling you a bill of goods and God isn't falsely advertising himself and God isn't trying to make you believe something while something else is going on behind the scenes. God will give you real pleasure. Amen. Pleasures forevermore. See, the devil tries to throw things at us and those things are deceptive. You know, a lot of times those things that he throws at us are things that try to take the place of the Holy Ghost in our life. Yeah, 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 they try to take the place of the, of the Holy Ghost in our lives, but those things could never fully satisfy like the Holy Ghost can satisfy. Hey, when you take a drink of the Holy Ghost, Jesus said, when you drink of the water that I give you, you will never thirst again. That's what David was saying when he said, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. I know this morning where the source is. Notice this with me that what Jesus was saying about the water that he will give, he said this, it shall be in you. Hey, friend, when God fills you with the gift of the Holy Ghost, he's not just giving you a sip from the fountain over here. He's putting a well down deep inside of you. There is a river in you today that will never run dry, and it's in you. And you'll never, you'll never thirst again. You'll never thirst again. Or we could buy into what the world offers and have to keep going back and back and back, and back again. Get another fix, another high, another broken relationship. And we can start to think, well, this is normal because everybody, everybody I'm around, they've experienced the same pain. They've experienced the same brokenness. I say, or we can have the bread of life. And we can drink of his water. And we won't have to go anywhere because that fountain is in us. So our music comes this morning. Jesus, Jesus said, I will rain bread from heaven. He goes on to say that, hey, man, man did eat. Actually, this is in Psalms. Man did eat angels' food. Let me just say this. And if, if you're in the wilderness, hear me right now. Please hear me. Stop eating what the world offers you. Take. Eat. This is his body. Take. Eat. The word of the Lord. That's bread and it comes from heaven see god will show up in your wilderness with bread praise god and the thing i love about it is that jesus in john 6 he explained your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and they died they ate bread from heaven and they died. He says, but I am that bread. 
See, they ate the bread in the wilderness so that they might learn that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He says, but I am that bread of life. See, they ate the manna that fell from heaven and they had to take it and and store it for that day and it wasn't good the next day, but he said, I am that bread of life. See, when they were searching and seeking and and looking, they they would wake up in the morning and there would be bread that fell from heaven fell upon the dew. The dew came first. It fell upon the dew, but Jesus said, I am that bread of life. I am the living bread which cometh down from heaven. That bread that we read about in the Old Testament was pointing to Jesus. And just as that bread came from heaven to earth, God came from heaven to earth, and we call him Jesus. And just as that bread satisfied the the hunger of Israel, this bread satisfies the hunger of our souls. Your bread is this, Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. You know what your bread is? We come in here and we lift up our hands and we praise him and we say, thank God for the blood. That's our bread. They said, Jesus, aren't you hungry? You, we're going we're gonna to eat something, aren't you? Aren't you hungry? He said, I have meat that you know not of. Don't worry about me. The bread will fall from heaven. The bread will come into your wilderness. Whatever wilderness you're in this morning, whatever it is, bread will fall down in the middle of it. When you're starving and you feel like you can't go another day, that bread will descend right down into the middle of your circumstance. He'll descend right down into the middle of that bad report, the phone call you didn't expect, the the report that came, all of a sudden things change in your life. He'll descend right down into the middle of that circumstance, into the torment that you have going on in your mind. I'm talking about the bread of life. Hear me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You know what I shall not want means? It means I will never be impoverished because I have placed my faith in my Lord who is my shepherd. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. He said, that's great, Bryce. But what about when you're in a dark place? What about when you're in a season where you're in the valley? You know what? Even though you don't, even there, you don't have to be afraid. Because yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You ready? And thou preparest a table. 
before me in the presence of my enemies. This week, you'll be in the presence of your friends and your family. But God said, I'll prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies. I'll bring bread. I'll bring bread while sickness is looming over your shoulder. I'll have bread. I'll have bread from heaven to fall. I'll prepare a table for you when the, when the crisis hits, when financial crisis is lurking. I'll prepare a table for you. When anxiety is taking control of your mind and you don't have peace, I'll prepare a table for you. And if it were me, and I just encourage you to do the same, you ought to just unfold that napkin, take a seat at the table with your fork and your knife, and say, I'm about to receive the bread of life. I may be in the wilderness, but I'm not going to die in the wilderness. God has prepared a table for me. Hallelujah. In the presence of all that is going wrong in your life. God has prepared a table. Stand with me this morning, if you will. And, and please hear me. Jesus said, this bread is my body. Take it. Eat it. Bread, this bread is my body. Bread to your body is teaching us our need for the body of Christ. How many of you need to eat today? There's a couple non-spiritual people in here. All of you are like, nah, I don't need to eat. You know why you need to eat? Because your body, again, is designed to teach you your dependence upon the body of Christ. This bread that was broken for you, he said, it is my body. Take and eat it. This is my body, which was broken for you. You cannot stay away from the body of Christ and expect to have energy for your soul. That's why there's something that happens when we walk into this place. There's something that happens when you walk into this place. As you walk into this house, something begins to refresh your soul. The Bible says, repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Your times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. That's why something happens when you walk into this place. You've walked into the body of Christ. Take, eat, Drink up. Lean in.
Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.